0: Welcome to the JT The Brick Show.
1: You know when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy.
0: It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot
2: of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On
0: Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick.
3: Out of the gate, JT with you as we open up the show on a big day. Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. for this Thursday, heading into the Raiders on the road at the Broncos. On Sunday, we'll be broadcasting live from M Resort Spot Casino. Uh, They have the brand-new setup right inside the Raiders Tavern and Grill, that Coors Light Zone. It'll blow you away. I was just down there to see it. We're set up there. Eric Allen and myself will be there all day on sunday it's going to be a long day sunday and it's a big rivalry game so we hope you could come out there if you're looking for a place to watch the game also we remind you the monologue is brought to you by pts they fuel the monologue they get us going great place to watch golden night hockey as they're a proud partner of our vegas golden Knights, five to seven midnight to two as we open up the show every day wow i mean what a week What a week. I hope to never see a week like this again in my career, period. A lot of people were hurt. A lot of people are in a tough spot. A lot of people are uncomfortable. A lot of people are trying to get their legs underneath them when it comes to moving forward. You know what I'm talking about. From the Gruden fallout, his resignation, to what's happening in this investigation, from what we thought was closed from the Washington football team, and the potential for this investigation to open up again, because of the leaked emails that eventually took out the head coach, not of the Washington football team, but of the Las Vegas Raiders. Mike Florio, who is the leader on this topic. No one, no one has covered this topic more aggressively than Mike Florio. He joins us at the top of next hour from Pro Football Talk. Very interested in this interview. He's going to have a lot to say. It's going to be replayed on my Sirius XM show tonight. A lot of people are waiting on this conversation and we'll ask him everything he puts on his lawyer hat. And, again, he is, he is unafraid. He knows there's something up. There's more to the story other than just Gruden. And Gruden took the fall, and there's no way to condone it. He was gone. He's out. And I would know that because today I interviewed the new head coach of the Raiders, Rich Passaccia, over at the Raiders facility for the Silver and Black show, which will air this weekend. And it, I, I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you will. We'll play it tomorrow as we open up the show tomorrow and he is just let me give you a couple of my takeaways if you didn't see his press conference yesterday he's a guy's guy he's a football coach and he's a guy that is not about himself he is not about himself at all he is a delegator he is going to lead this team he's going to lead this team emotionally he's going to set up everyone to win that was my takeaway from our conversation I know Coach Passaccia, but just on a limited basis. And we hung out today, did the interview, talked for a little bit afterwards. And, you know, he's just a guy who walks in with his notes and his game plan, and he's, he looks you in the eye, and he tells you what he thinks. And he has a deep history with a lot of great coaches in this league. And I asked him about being an assistant head coach, where he's been four times an assistant head coach. So he's been groomed for the situation to be a head coach for quite some time, but he's in a good place. He was in a good place this year, uh, leading the special teams unit, which is pretty good. They got a really good punter and kicker, as you know, and now he's going to circle this team, bring them together, and try to get them to play their best football going forward. Here's the big thing, and I, caught, I said this at the end of the show yesterday, if you didn't catch it. This is the easiest guy to rally around. I'm not saying Gruden was like that, too. Gruden was a guy to rally around because Gruden really connected with the fans. A lot of fans love Coach Gruden and still do and really rallied behind Coach Gruden. If he said something, it reverberated through the Raider Nation, period. And that's fact. And we're not going to wipe out his life and what he accomplished. But Coach Passaccia is a guy that doesn't want the light on him at all. He wants the light to shine on everybody else underneath him, especially the players. We talked about his captains and how they stepped up in that press conference yesterday, which we'll get to some of that sound coming up. But my big point is, is that it's easy. It's very easy for every Raider fan who's really suffering right now, who's concerned, you're just triggered, you're upset. you got a lot of different emotions, right? Every Raider fan that you know when you text or call, you all have different emotions right now. But Satya can bring you together because he's easy to root for. The man was put in a very difficult situation days ago, and now he's got to prepare as a head coach for a rivalry game on the road at Denver. Who in the Raider Nation wouldn't be 1,000% behind this guy considering your knowledge as a fan of the history of this team, knowing the coaches before him, knowing how historic it is to just be named the head coach of the Silver and Black? So we're not talking about most of the fans being behind him Every single fan should be behind this coach because of the magnitude of this event and what he was thrown into. I mean, anybody would root for anybody in this situation. Imagine if it's your team on top of it. You you look around in sports and you say, man, there was a death in the family. This coach got fired. This coach had to do this. Something happened here, and you feel for those teams. You go, wow, that's interesting. How are they going to deal with that? Well, you're the Raider Nation. This is your flagship. This is your station. You should be lining up 30 deep to get on this show to wish this guy well and get behind him. He's your guy now. He's really likable. He's super blue-collar. Another big takeaway. He's a blue-collar guy. He's like Raider fans. He's blue-collar. And he has a knowledge of the game because of the coaches and players he's been around in the past. And I haven't been in the locker room with him to hear him speak, No one has as a head coach, nobody. But I think he's going to hit it out of the park because the players here understand the dilemma he's in because the players are in the same dilemma. But the difference is the players come and go. And coaches come and go too. But these players have a short, short, short lifespan in the NFL. Coach Passaccia has been coaching college and pro for 38 years, 20 in the NFL. So he's going to be here or somewhere else. He's going to be a coach for decades to come. These players now, they're not going to be football players for decades to come. This is their shot, and they got to step up and they got to play at a very high level. So there's pressure on them. Maybe some of that pressure is relieved on Sunday because of what's been swarming nationally around this organization for the last couple of days. Maybe the team will play free and loose. Maybe the offense will open up a little bit more. I don't know what's going to happen either to you, even the gamblers in Vegas are concerned. What does this mean for the Raiders? Are they are they gonna you bet the Raiders on the money line, they're gonna be so high to win this game for Coach B. What's it gonna I don't know. I don't gamble, I don't know. But what I will tell you this is a guy who needs all your support. And I'll save it for tomorrow when you hear the interview, but I ended the interview like I've ended the interviews many times with all the coaches with the Raiders I've interviewed, his message to the Raider Nation and he's emotional. He needs everybody behind him. Wouldn't you? If you were put in this situation, you'd want everyone behind you in the corner. I was in the building today. Everyone is behind Coach Basaccia. They want him to do well because they saw what happened here over the last couple of days. And they want him to win. So let's get the tone of those phone calls for this coach coming here and get behind him. And he's not going to win every game. He's going to lose games. And you've got to have that support from the fan base Not going up and down emotional. Get behind the guy. Let's see what he can do. 702-365-9200. Let me tell you something about Derek Carr. Derek Carr spoke yesterday, and I think it's his defining moment for me. For me as a leader. Because you know he went into that room, and he thought the world of Coach Gruden. That was his guy. And he's been through a lot. A lot of speculation about Coach Gruden wanting to trade him, or was he going to get another quarterback. And they had a nice journey. For a number of years, and it was hard. It's hard to play for a head coach like that. And he was able to pull it off, and he was able to do it. So Carr went to the microphone yesterday. I didn't know what we were going to get. And I watched it with my wife as they simulcasted it on NFL Network, and we were pretty emotional listening to Derek, who really showed his emotions from everything that's been surrounding him over the years with the coach, the former coach, and especially. From yesterday, here's the quarterback.
2: The message today was I, I just tried to push everything off. Yep, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm sick about it. have a lot of emotions. Angry, sick, you know, upset, mad, frustrated, all, all of those things. Empathy, you know, whatever. You know, all, no one has a – I don't think there's a book on how to handle all this.
3: Yeah, that's a really good comment because I say that a lot. There's not a book on what I do, and I don't do anything compared to Derek. He's a franchise quarterback. I'm just a talk show host. So, but there's no book for me this week on how to handle this, and I'm pretty close to this whole situation. I, I don't know. I just try to figure it out every day as it goes along. But Card talked about the emails and how it affected him and his relationship with coach. Now that the coach is no longer here,
2: it was a lot, you know, to handle. I say it that way. <laughs> like uh, y'all know me, man. I don't. I don't condone that kind of talk. I don't talk that way. My kids. Sure as heck, we'll never talk that way, you know. And uh, it's hard because I love the man so much.
3: He said often that he loves the man. I love the man. I don't want around him as much as Derek, but he was good to a lot of us. And we didn't know this side of the emails. No one knew. No one knew. No one had an idea. There's people popping off in the media now. Well, you know, he was a gruff guy. He always had to be pissed off to show up to work. That's how he motivated people. All of us who knew... The former coach, John Gruden, thought the world to him because he treated us all like we were something, like we were something special. But no one more so than Carr, who basically lived with the guy in the building. And I thought it was really important for Derek to make that comment and to tell everybody that before we all move on. And it's going to take some people longer than others to move on. One more from Derek Carr yesterday.
2: Like I have family members that have done things, I've done things that – I'm glad that I'm still loved, you know, and uh, I think more than anything, coach needs people to help him, to love him in whatever areas, you know, that we can, but at the same time, what's right is right. And what's wrong is wrong.
3: Yeah. So that's Derek Carr yesterday. I thought it was a big moment for him. Wow. You want to talk about a leader, a leader goes in there and they tell you what they think. He used the word love and how he respected and loved the former coach And then he comes in and he gets into the game plan and what they have to do. That's leadership. That's why you get a contract. That's why you play quarterback in the NFL. You have got to have empathy. You've got to be able to lead. You've got to be able to motivate people. I thought it was a big day for Derek Carr in a really tough spot. Also, same thing for Mike Mayock. Uh, Mike Mayock had a lot to say yesterday as he's thrown into something unique. As a lot of people, including people that listen and host in this market, it never gave Mayock the respect he completely deserved. They'd always say, well, you know, Gruden runs personnel. Gruden has all the power. He did. He no longer does. So here's Mike Mayock on the future here with the Raiders.
0: You, you know what? I, again, I, I think uh, Mr. Davis dealt with that. And I think he wanted to be fair to John Gruden. And he wanted to be fair to the Raiders organization and And he knew ultimately he was going to have to make a decision, but I'm not getting into timelines and you're going to have to talk to Mr. Davis for any, any more detail.
3: So Mike Mayock's a personnel guy with a TV background. You can imagine what he thinks of all this media coverage and what's happening with the organization, with these leaked emails that ended up taking out the coach and what's happening around the league. More from Mayock yesterday.
0: I haven't had an opportunity to even talk to the league. I don't know. There were 700,000 plus or minus emails. You know, you can ask a lot of questions about why these got out or didn't get out. And I can't go there. And and really, uh, at the end of the day, Steve, all I can do is control what I can control. And and that is trying to help this team win games. And I'm not trying to get away from your question. Um, I can't speculate about what can come down the pipe. All we can do is deal with what we have today.
3: And then a lot of people are reacting to what Mark Davis said yesterday, you know, throwing it back at the league. I thought that was necessary and needed at the time. Uh, You could tell that the owner of the Raiders is not thrilled. He said the NFL quote has the answers. And I thought that was an important moment in the young ownership tenure of Mark Davis. We all know how Mark Davis feels about this. This was the guy he wanted as his coach. He went and got him out of football retirement to bring him in here. And this was not part of the plan. And there was no problem in the due diligence of hiring Coach Gruden. There were no emails. Everybody knew. Everybody wanted Coach Gruden to be their coach. And now this happens, and Coach Gruden is out. But what was the role of the league? What was the role of the Washington football team in all of this? They all play a role. But John Gruden's accountable. John Gruden is gone for his conduct on email, on email, not verbally, on email, that is detrimental to the team in the league. He's out because of that. He wouldn't be out if he didn't have that many of the emails that checked off every box offending everyone, which was shocking to me and shocking to a lot of other people. So, you know, we're not putting this behind us at any point, but what we got to do is we got to do our job and cover the Broncos. And, again, I talked about that with Coach Passaccia today. He's got a lot of respect for Vic Fangio, the secondary, and what that team can do defensively. And we've had great guests on. Dave Logan, the voice of the Broncos, yesterday. Today I have Broncos insider Benjamin Albright on, who's very good and former Bronco, and Raider Nation radio host Mike Pritchard. So you're going to get the analysis here that you're not going to get anywhere else. And then the interview with Mike Florio, where we're going to get deep on what happened with these emails and what's going to happen next. He's a lawyer, and I'm just going to ask him questions and get out of the way. And he'll have a lot of answers to what a lot of Raider fans are asking on the side. Everybody knows Coach Gruden is gone. He is not coming back, period. But for those who are asking why about the process, we think that we'll have that covered for you today on this show. And then we'll get ready for Denver and see what happens there. You know, the Raiders shouldn't feel sorry for themselves now. Teddy Bridgewater's the quarterback, not John Elway. Teddy Bridgewater's the quarterback, not Peyton Manning. Go win the game. Go win the game. Okay, you're not going up against one of the greatest Bronco teams ever assembled. This is a winnable game. There was a winnable game before against Chicago with Justin Fields who threw for 100 yards. That was winnable, and it was a completely blown opportunity. And everybody can be a conspiracy theorist on why they didn't show up, why they didn't play well, whatever it was. They didn't show up and they didn't play well. They got to show up in Denver, and they got to play better. We just don't know how well they're going to play behind this offensive line and how this offensive line needs to really have a moment now to come together here, or this could get ugly. This offensive line's on the verge of everyone around the league saying, what happened so quickly here? These are all professional football players on the offensive line, either first string or second string, Guys who are in the league getting paid and made a roster. They're going to have to play that way. And they face Khalil Mack. Now they got Von Miller, right? T.J. Watt. Look at who this defense, this offensive line has had to play. And the defense has done, done a nice job this year. Gus Bradley. I think we all give Gus Bradley credit. You know, there's some times they didn't get off the field on third down. There's been some missed tackles. But everybody's lined up perfectly. If it's a physical mistake where someone misses a tackle at the goal line, they were lined up correctly. That wasn't the case last year. I think that Goss has done a nice job at having the team prepared on scheme and ready to play, and they're going to have to be ready to play in this game. 702-365-9200. We have a couple of open windows to take your phone calls between these interviews. Take advantage of the format. Bill and Henderson start us off on 920. How are you, Bill?
4: Good, good, JT. Uh, JT is a lifelong Raider fan. First of all, I want to tell you I'm 100% behind Rich, I, you know, I'm, I'm positive about the future. I mean, let, let's face it, the great offensive genius couldn't get a one-yard gain in all these really big games where we needed it. So Greg Olsen has worked well with Carr. I mean, he's been there mm-hmm. since his rookie year, or, you know, been on and off, I and mean, he left for a couple of years, I think, there. Um, but but I'm positive. So, And and the fans mm-hmm. have to stay positive. That's the whole thing. we we got to be a... You know, the nation has to shine through on this whole thing. So, that, that's yeah, my
3: I, statement. I, I appreciate it. You know, the nation, Raider Nation, can be really pissed off at times. Tell me about it. They could be really upset at times. And I understand why Raider fans are really aggravated. If you're a Raider fan this week, and we're only a Thursday, think about what you've been through since last Friday when the first email came out. Then Sunday and the loss with all those Bears fans in your building, which... Believe me, that didn't sit well. And then Monday, with the breaking news and the resignation, so everybody just can't wait till Sunday to get a game going again and get back to being a fan again. So there has just been a lot of Raider fans who have been through a lot, and they want to get back to cracking open a Modelo, sitting back with some carne asada, some chips and salsa, and, 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 and be a Raider fan. Be a Raider fan. I was texting back and forth with our guy Gorilla Rilla. You know, John Gruden would always run to Gorilla Rilla, give him a hat after a win. Just him. You know, say hi to the whole black hole. You know, he's a great fan. Violator, all these fans. They're a fan no matter who the coach is and who plays and what number is on the back of these players. They're diehard. You know, my wife asked me, how how are you holding up? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm still reeling from black hole Rob passing away. And the fact that I had all this work and I couldn't get up to his memorial service. A good friend of mine passed away. It's been hard. And, you know, going to the game and seeing my friends there in the black hole, and someone gave me a mask card at the last game uh, about, about this. That's hard. And I'm really I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed with Coach Gruden because Coach Gruden, I didn't see this in him. But like Carr said, love the guy, an un- unbelievable, you know, years of memories with him. And that's over. That's over. And it's tough. When something happens in a friendship either way, and you know it's never going to be the same again. Even if you support the friend, you just know it's not going to be what you envisioned the friendship being like in Henderson, at the house, at my house, on a boat in Florida, whatever. You know, when you lose that and and you you mentally lose it, it really affects you with friends. I take friendships very seriously, and I've let down my friends, and they've let down me. But I thought what Derek said yesterday was highly emotional, uh, very spiritual. You know, He talks about his religion openly, which I, I embrace. I think it's a great thing. I wish more athletes talked about their religion openly. How would you not? And, and Derek had to go through a lot yesterday while preparing for the, best, for the best secondary, the highest, most expensive secondary in football. You know, this isn't a secondary where you just stand up there and say, I'm going to take my shot here, there, and everywhere. Good luck with that. These guys are ball hawks. They are great players. They are really good players. So this is going to take a lot. Derek's going to have to have a really big game. Uh, 702-365-9200. Brian in Colorado. Brian, you're up next. Uh, Dave in Denver. Dave in Denver, you're up next. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, hey, thank you very much. You know, as you rip the can off the top of this organization, as you would any
1: organization that has people like this, I couldn't be more proud of what they said, how they said it, to have a GM, a coach, a quarterback, a tight end, a defensive player come out and be as emotional and as open and as honest. I can't imagine other other teams have what we have. And Raider Nation should be darn proud of it right now. They really should, and I know they're all hurting. But in order to free yourself, you need to forgive Gruden. You need to pray for him and his family right now because they're going through a lot and we all love the man and we do hate the sin, but forgiveness is the freedom right there and we can move on from this and this is not some Super Bowl uh, Bronco team that we have to go after but it will be a tough uphill battle because I don't, I can't remember the last time the Raiders beat the Broncos three times in a row. It's been decades I think, but I look forward to this game. I'll be on the sidelines. I'll probably see you there maybe, but this is going to be a coming-out party for Raider Nation in Lot C before this game, and I can't wait to be with my family and rejoice the fact that we are fans of the best sports franchise in history.
3: Nice call, Dave. Raider Dave calls all the time. Lot C, he's saying. Lot C. And as we talked about it with Steph McKenzie yesterday, you know, keep your head on a swivel in Denver. You know, I know a lot of good people in Denver, a lot of radio hosts, a lot of friends I've made over the years, but... A lot of these Bronco fans are going to be rude, rude, crude, and obnoxious to Raider fans for what happened. They're going to have a couple of beers in them. They're going to be buzzed, and they're going to say things that are low, and they're going to take shots at Raider fans verbally. If you go to this game as a Raider fan, I got a lot of respect for you. A lot of fans make that trip locally, but anybody getting on a plane from Vegas or Oakland or L.A. going to Denver here after what's happened this week, What's happened this week on the national media, tell you, you got balls. You're the type of Raider fan I won't call on this show if you're going to that game. That's for sure. 702-365-9200. You load up the calls, I take the calls. We got interviews coming up too. Uh, Brian in Colorado. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, Brian.
5: Oh, I want you to know. Brian, yeah, go
3: ahead. uh, I'm here.
5: Uh, I just wanted to give you a heads up. I, I appreciate everything that you do. I'm, I'm so glad to have this station to talk about my team. Uh, grew up in New Mexico, didn't have a team, had an antelope in Sacramento, would fly me out to the games, and I've been a Raider fan since I can remember. Uh, all my pictures growing up in school, have Raider fan, uh, you know, real men wear black T-shirts. I, I, this, is, this is it, man. This is what it's all about. My son's a Raiders fan. This stuff happened. It's gone. I want Coach Passaccia to know that we're behind him. Mm-hmm. I'm behind my offense. I'm behind my defense. I'm behind my special teams. And I will be at the game on, on Sunday. I live in Denver. I go to the game every year. My brother's a Broncos fan. We go dual brothers. He's a Broncos fan. I'm a Raiders fan. We go every year, and I will be there screaming the top of my lungs for my team. And uh, I just want Raider Nation to know that okay. we're going to be good. It's going to roll. Let's, let's get it. Let's keep going. It's all
3: good. That's great that you're going to the game. Have a good time and get the win. Any of the fans will get there if there's a win. And when they come back, you'll feel like you're a really big part of it. Chris in West Oakland. Always fired up. Go ahead, Chris.
4: Hey, JT. Yeah, I thought that was a great uh, interview, rather. A press conference um, with Derek Carr yesterday. And, look, I said this on your night show last night. Right now, there's not a more important person in this organization than Derek Carr. You know, I, he always had that Gruden hanging over his head. Gruden was the face. Well, with Gruden gone now, and he is the unequivocal leader in face of this franchise. And it's time to step up. I, I, I believe he's he's got it in him. And listen, I'm not going to take shots at Gruden when he's gone, JT. You know I've been an open critic going back to when they hired him. I was never thrilled with Gruden as a play caller. Not as a coach, strictly as a play caller. But there is a precedent to this going back to 2002 where – I thought Gruden had turned the corner as a play caller, JT, the first three games of the year when he let Carr throw the ball 40 and 50 times a game and look what the offense did. The last two weeks showed that when he got Josh Jacobs back, he's not that. I believe the handcuffs can come off the offense now and just like Rich Gannon in 2002 can have the best year of his career. I don't ever believe he was going to have that happen with Gruden as the head coach. And again, this isn't to slam John Gruden in the man. JT, you know I've always been respectful. You know the love I have for John Gruden. I did not want him calling plays. I wish that I, But this isn't the way I wanted him replaced. So that being said, this is Derek Carr's time. Three and two, this season is still there to be had. The playoffs are still there to be had. I've seen teams rally around guys before. I love the choice of Basachia. He's a special teams guy, and it's going to allow Gus Bradley and Olsen to just deal with the offense and the defense. It's time for everybody to come together, but at this point, Derek Carr, so to speak, is the hood ornament on the Raider Cadillac. And real quick, JT, I want to throw this in there, change subjects I mentioned on your night show last night.
5: Mm
1: -hmm.
4: Our beloved Oakland A's here, you know, lost uh, uh, one of the most beloved characters in the history of the franchise, the great Ray Fossey, who lost his 16-year battle yesterday with prostate cancer. He came to the A's in 73, won won a couple of World Series. Um, He left after that, but came back in the early 80s, and for 36 years has worked with the great Bill King, Ken Korak, and and it's just one of you know like I said he's just uh, beloved is is just not a good enough word to use for this man so c- prayers and condolences to to, to this man uh, I met him a handful of times as I know you have he is just a great great man and he's one of those handful of people that. You, you you can't find a person to say anything bad about Ray Fossey. So rest in peace, my friend. Listening to A's games never going to be a, the same again, and maybe his name will go up alongside the great Bill King and the Bill King broadcast booth in the Oakland Coliseum. Thank you, my friend. Rest in peace, Ray Fossey. I'll talk to you soon.
3: Nicely said. We talked about that last night, and I obviously was going to mention it today, Ray Fossey, two-time All-Star, two-time World Champion, Everybody remembers Pete Rose barreling into him and the injury that changed his career. I remember him as a gentleman and also an excellent broadcaster. He loved the A's organization, loved those A's fans. A few times I got to interview him on the radio up in the Bay Area, class act gentleman and a baseball legend, Ray Fossey. Rest in peace. Uh, When we come back, top of the hour, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. Brought to you by Wahoo's Fish Tacos. Go have it anywhere, six locations in the Valley. $85,000 in free play this season. Great place to watch sports. If you're gaming, indoor dining, outdoor seating, all the great locations, including the second deck on Eastern Wahoo's Fish Taco.
5: Coach Olsen's going to call the plays, and he's been intimate with Coach Gruden and developing the plan for the game. And, uh, you know, I've been with Coach Olsen in Tampa. We won 10 games, and he he called every play. So um, I think we'll be status quo that way. And he has a great relationship with Derek. He's been coaching the quarterbacks here for for four years.
3: That's Rich Pisaccio, the new head coach of the Raiders. I sat down with him exclusively today. You'll hear that interview tomorrow and catch it on TV on the Silver and Black Show. We go to Denver where one of the premier NFL insiders joins us covering the Broncos in addition from KOA in Colorado, Benjamin Albright. And Benjamin, let's just begin from your perspective. Let's talk about Gruden, the league, the investigation, the leak emails. You got a lot of contacts around the league. What do you think of all that breaking news the last couple of days?
6: Well, it certainly was a stunner to a lot of people who have, you know, been around a while. Not a stunner that that kind of language is used, but a stunner that uh, John Gruden, someone of John Gruden's intellect, would uh, have that, you know, down on paper, down on an email, and some place where it would be recorded, and you know, and then uh, and then having it leaked the way it was certainly seemed uh, targeted towards him. Given the the trove of emails is actually about 650,000 emails from multiple people around the league, so. Certainly stunner, certainly um, certainly shocking, but I think people come to terms with it. I think people come to terms with it being the right move.
3: Yeah, why do you believe the emails were leaked? What's your theory behind the NFL, the Washington football investigation, and how the only emails that were leaked affect the Las Vegas Raiders?
6: Well, I mean, you know, I don't want to put the conspiracy hat on too much, but it does seem to be targeted. It does seem to be uh, a leak that's that was uh, – um, you know, almost personal in, in the way that it was targeted. And, you know, there've been people saying that they feel like that, uh, the, the league doesn't really care for Mark Davis as an owner. I can, I can tell that there are owners, I can tell there are owners that, that feel that way. Uh, um, unfortunately, uh, as far as the, the John Gruden stuff, you know, John was tied at the hip at the mo- with Mark they had a very close personal relationship, as you well know. And, uh, you know, this, this may have been chipping away at that a little bit because John Gruden gave him, gave him cover, frankly, and credibility. So, uh, maybe maybe there's something to that. That's that's certainly the popular conspiracy at the moment.
3: Benjamin Albright's our guest. KOA Colorado, a Broncos insider. Let's get to this game. Uh, both teams started off three and zero, and are three and two. Denver was fortunate to have an easier schedule with those wins by teams combined zero and nine. But we know the Broncos are good for sure. What's changed in the last couple of weeks? Teddy was concussed momentarily. He's okay to go. The defense. How healthy is the defense? And Von Miller playing at this stage of his career? Give us a, uh, a scouting report on the Broncos.
6: Well, they are a defensive heavy team, you know, I'll say that. They got to open the season with three gimme games against the Giants, Jags and Jets, uh, and that was part of it. You know, they they let Teddy Bridgewater kinda of beat up on those teams a little bit, probably more than they should have. Um, and, you know, it made it made it look better probably than it was in terms of the overall offensive product. Then you start playing teams with actual credible, respectable defenses and the Ravens and Steelers, and all of a sudden it doesn't look as good. And uh, you know, that's gotta have the the knock on Teddy Bridgewater throughout his career. He beats up on bad teams and he can't carry against good teams and you know, he's somewhere between the poor man's Alex Smith and the rich man's Geno Smith. And so, uh, you know, I think that if the Broncos cannot get the run game established early, and they couldn't the last two weeks, uh, that, that forces Teddy Bridgewater into having to throw on third and eight, which is what the Broncos average, second worst in the league, and he's simply not capable of doing that. He's always been that guy that, you know, you need three yards on third down he'll get you five. You need nine yards on third down he'll get you five, and that's really been the problem on the offensive side of the ball.
3: Benjamin Albright joins us. How's the offensive line? Because you know the struggles of the Raiders and the injuries they have as they're trying to keep this whole line together.
6: It's It's been hit or miss. You know, Garrett Bowles is still Garrett Bowles. He's pretty good, but every once in a while he'll get one of those, you know, head-scratching uh, holding calls. Uh, Graham Glasgow, the right guard, has has had some injuries and some poor play problems. Bobby Massey at right tackle kind of is what he is. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry at the center, in his second year, is better than he was as a rookie, but he still lacks the functional strength against some of those strength uh, bull rushers. And you know, and then Dalton Reisner, Dalton's certainly personable enough, but but he's kind of an average guard overall. And uh, so this line is, you know, it's not bad. It's just it's not great either. It's just kind of middle of the road.
3: I look at points per game here in defense. We know here in Vegas how good this defense is. And the Raiders just faced Khalil Mack and that Chicago front, which was a stout front, and it gave the Raiders fits. I don't think Denver's front is as good, but the linebackers and Vaughn coming off the edge, and this is the most expensive secondary in all the NFL, and they added a young player to that. How great has the secondary been? I know there were a couple of plays – Last week, where opponents got behind them, but overall, are they going to live up to the hype and be a great secondary by the end of the year?
6: Well, they're a very good secondary. I don't know about great, but they're, they're very good. on paper they look that way. They've had a, yeah. a couple of problems. you know, uh, Kareem Jackson uh, has, has surrendered a couple of big plays uh, that you know he's, he's getting up there in years. He's 32 years old. Uh, and then you've got uh, Kyle Fuller. Teams have been picking on him a little bit this year. And uh, with Ronald Darby injured, it's it's been tough because you got to put him out there all the time. Darby's coming back this weekend. He will be available for this game, so that should help quite a bit. But uh, when you have a rookie out there and you got a Fuller out there who's lost a step, you know it tends to it tends to be a problem. Um, overall, Bryce Callahan is having a very good year, and Justin Simmons is still you know an all-pro level safety, so they've still got great pieces there. Some of that is more name recognition than actual talent at this point, though.
3: Uh, Cortland Sutton had a big game, seven receptions, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I looked; at, It seems like Teddy's spreading the ball out a lot. A lot of guys are touching the ball there. Uh, talk about the ball distribution here and who's hot for Denver when it comes to the receiver and especially the tight end position that the Raiders should be concerned about.
6: Well, they do spread the ball around. That is one positive you get out of Bridgewater is, You Bridgewater. Know, you're going to get nine, ten guys involved every game. Um, As as far as who's hot right now, I would say Tim Patrick is the guy you guys Mm -hmm. probably need to be most concerned with. He doesn't drop any balls. He catches everything thrown his way. And when you pay too much attention to Courtland Sutton, he tends to start getting the ball fed to him a little bit. He's playing with a little more fire, I think, than than Courtland right now. Courtland's coming back off the injury. He's not quite the guy he used to be. But Tim Patrick is uh, is certainly something else out there. They've really lacked speed. Anybody to take the top off after Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler got hurt. So that's been a problem. They're developing some packages for John Brown, who they just signed but you know who knows how much he can get involved so far as the tight ends go, uh, you know, Albert Okwebenov's injured, but they do have Noah Fant. Uh, used him to block a lot last week, which, uh, you know, it was kind of scratching everybody's head since that's a weakness for him. Uh, he is athletic, and he can get out there. And then they've got Salbert, who's the blocking tight end, but he can catch too. So um, you, you kind of want to see the Broncos go more 12 personnel where they've been kind of stuck in 11 the last couple of games. And I think everybody knows the running backs. You know, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, everybody's seen those right. big, sexy runs from Javante Williams. So uh, it's, a, it's a good one-two punch there if they can get them going.
3: It sounds like you've been mentioning injuries a lot. How injured are this team? Are there more players coming back that were injured, or are more guys gone on at the last week or two? What's the overall health of the team?
6: Well, they are they are pretty banged up. Uh, we've yeah. seen a lot of injuries happen. Uh, one of the One of the top injured teams in the league, I think, number two overall in terms of amount of uh, dollar bills on the on the IR or, or injured at this point. They are getting guys back. I mentioned Darby already. Ronald Darby will be back this weekend. Mike Boone is coming back. He's the third running back. He'll be back. Um, but, you know, they are they are pretty injured. They have had quite a few stack up here. Josie Jolie inside, linebacker Bradley Chubb. You know, we haven't even talked about both those guys injured. So uh, there's been quite a few injuries uh, along the, the, the front seven of the defense and the offensive line, really, as well as receiver position for the Broncos.
3: Wrapping it up with Benjamin Albright. Finally, where is Von Miller at in his career considering – He's, he's, he's already a Hall of Famer in most of our minds, all of our minds, especially the accomplishments he's had individually as a great edge rusher. How much does he have left? Because I know he wants to play four or five more years. Can he do that? Because he's thrown his body around. He's taken a lot of beatings over his career, and he's gotten to the quarterback. How much is left in the tank with him?
6: Uh, if this year's any judge, quite a bit. The problem with this okay. team and what Nick Fangio does is, is uh, Vic Fangio wants to send the least amount of pressure that he can after the quarterback and drop everybody else back into coverage. And that's caused Vaughn to be dropped into coverage several times this year, sometimes okay, sometimes to disastrous results. If you watch the play against Chase Claypool last week where he was lined up in the slot, that was an epic disaster. But, you know, Vaughn, at 32 years old, he's got four and a half sacks this year, um, you know, and seven, uh, seven QB hits. So, you know, he's been pretty active, especially since he's only got Malik Reed over there on the other side, who's, you know, he's kind of more of a rotational guy that's been thrust into starting. Vaughn knows he's playing for that last big contract he knows he's playing for legacy at this point and um you know i, I think he's got probably another two years left to the tank and well mm-hmm. after that you're probably talking about a guy who's, who becomes a rotational sub package guy after that
3: benjamin last one this is a huge game when it comes to the schedule because as you said you know they feasted on some early easy wins to get out to a 3-0 and start the raiders are almost the opposite their first two games you know, beating Lamar Jackson on that thriller overtime, and then winning in Pittsburgh on the short week, so they get off to a good start. But the Raiders blew a golden opportunity against Chicago to go to four and one. And both teams have Washington, the Eagles, Cincinnati on the schedule. Uh, the Raiders have the Giants. There's some games there, but whoever wins this game is really going to help themselves out, uh, getting to the four and two mark. With still some easier games or winnable games on the schedule. Well. Yeah,
6: and you know I think I think the thing it always bugs me when we get these sports talk tropes about the, you know must win games. Mm-hmm. This one kind of is. I mean this this yeah. really is going to pit one of these two teams in potential in an expanded wild card and playoff format uh, to be in position to be in that mix and having the other one playing catch up. And right now both these teams are reeling. Uh, with the Raiders it's the, the the Gruden situation. With the Broncos it's uh, you know they got punched in the mouth the last two games. So you know this really is going to be a litmus test for which one of these teams is going to be in the perhaps the playoff mix in. in later part of the season and which one of these teams is on the outside looking in playing catch up
3: thanks for doing this i'll see you when you get out to vegas thanks for coming on absolutely brother take care you got it benjamin albright the insider for the broncos uh getting him on and paul gutierrez and you look at ed grainy and all the great insiders that we have here the great our teammate Vinny bonsignore you look around he's he's one of the guys if not the top guy in denver And I'm happy we had that conversation because Denver's banged up like the Raiders. Denver's played some easy games and have struggled as of late. Notice Denver is losing now that they're playing better opponents, quality opponents. The Raiders beat the Steelers. Denver lost to the Steelers. And as Benjamin wrapped it up at the end, very important game because whoever loses this game is going to be behind the Chargers and the team, you know, Broncos, if the Raiders lose. That's got to be the speech for Basaccia and this team. Come on, get to 4-2, and two, have a leg up on the Broncos, and I think the Chargers are going to lose to Baltimore. I hope they lose at Baltimore. Baltimore's playing well, and the Raiders beat Baltimore. So there could be a big swing here coming up in the AFC West, and the Raiders want to be a part of that on the upside. They don't want to be the team that said, hey, you know, things were a distraction this week, and they are. These are distractions. It's about as big of a national media distraction that it could be, but distractions are supposed to be for the fans. Uh, not the players. Players have a job to block everything out for three hours and go play a game. And I think there's enough leaders on this team, including Mad Max Crosby, young leaders, young players on this team. Alec Ingle, young, young, solid fullback. If these guys can get their team to rally, how about Hunter Renfro? Guy played for Clemson and won a national championship. He's got to be a leader in this situation and have his teammates ready to go. They all got to have their head on right in that hostile environment and ready to play. All right, next hour is a big hour, too. Mike Florio will join us from Pro Football Talk. We'll have an extended conversation with him about everything surrounding the Washington football team, the resignation of John Gruden, and what he thinks is not happening. Florio's been out in front of this. Really looking forward to that interview. Mike Pritchard, always fantastic to talk to Mike. He'll have a lot to say. He played for the Broncos, and he lives here, and he covers the Raiders. Remy Martin is talking about you teaming up for excellence. It's a higher level when you have a Remy Martin cocktail in your hand.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, he came to the team um, before it all got out. Um, and he kind of talked to us. He uh, had a team meeting and kind of just laid everything out of um, what, how, how <laughs> of how, you know what I'm saying, the situation that occurred and, and things like that. And I mean, man, I mean, I've been around this guy for, for three years now. Um, I've, never, I've never felt a certain type of way about him. You know what I'm saying? he never, He's never rubbed me a certain way, like that type of way. Um, I mean, what he said was what he said at the end of the day too. But I mean, I, I, I definitely trust him. Um, And, I mean, man, it was 10 years ago. I mean, people grow. That's Josh Jacobs.
3: Uh, Interesting also comments from Darren Waller, who is sober, and in his sobriety like Max Crosby and what they had to say about forgiveness with John Gruden and how he gets it. Obviously, Derek Carr, everybody knows what he had to say on that. JT, back with you. Mike Florio at the top of the hour on everything that's happened here on his timeline With his lawyer background, looking forward to that interview. It's a big one. Uh, Mike Florio, supposed to be joining us here at the top of the hour. Mike Pritchard, next hour. Big game coming up here. And I think that Raider fans, you're either going to believe it or not. Those who listen to me every day, you know, I'm not perfect, but I think I know one thing. I think I know one thing for all the fans out there. If you're a member of the Raider Nation, and you got to get this off your chest, cleanse now. Get it off. Get it off your chest with me today, tomorrow. Get it out. And then you have to be aligned. You have to be aligned together. There's no more talk. There's going to be no more talk down the road in a week or two. There's going to be no self-pity. Everybody needs to turn the page. Everybody's got to focus on 4-2 and two and getting the Broncos and getting the Broncos in a big way. A win here could do wonders to the launch of this new head coach. Rich Pisaccia. and if he doesn't win and the team plays a really good game, hard-fought game, there's going to be other games coming up, including the Philly game, where I believe the Raiders will win. They have an advantage coming into this game. But this is a division rival on the road, and a lot of history between these two franchises, and a lot of people on that other side of the rivalry don't think the Raiders are going to be right. They don't think they're going to show up. They don't think they're going to be mentally fit to win this game. The Raiders have to prove that they are and go in there and kick some ass. Limon. And Henderson, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Hey, JT, JT and Raider Nation.
7: We are gonna be just fine. Listen. Let's go, Raiders. Hey, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for the way you handle this situation. I know John is your boy, and you know things happen, but you know what? We gotta move on. Now let me tell you something, brother. Right here, man, we're three and two. We are three and two. We still got a long ways to go. We still got eleven eleven games after we're coming back from uh, Denverland and beating them. We will. Okay, I'll be out there. You know, I probably might be on the 500s, but I'll be there cheering for my team. It's time for uh, Coach Greg. Coach Greg also to come on and get that offense going. It's time for Carr to do his thing. It's time for every single Raider player. This is the opportunity, like I said last time, this is the time for you to make a name for yourself not just on the Raider Nation, but all over. Let's call Raiders. We're going to be just fine. JT, thank you for the time. Thank you for everything, brother.
3: Thank you, my friend. That's brought to you by Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Woodson Bourbon Whiskey, if it wasn't your game day whiskey, it is now. Everybody get behind Charles Woodson. Be nice to have Charles Woodson also in that locker room coming out in Denver the way he used to and backing it all up. Remember, we're thrilled to be partners with Charles Woodson, With his bourbon whiskey, which is doing incredible. It's not your average bourbon. It is unique that it is finished in the same very wine barrels that Charles makes his wine, which gives it a spicy caramel finish. Go ask for Woodson bourbon whiskey wherever you are, especially at M Resort Spa and Casino, where we'll be there on Sunday. Mike Florio coming up next. Also, Mike Pritchard next hour. Uh, Tomorrow, I was called off the bench again. To fill in for Aaron Coscarelli on the Silver and Black Show, I'll host a TV show with Lincoln Kennedy, and that will air Sunday after SEC football and wherever you find the Silver and Black Show on any of the Raider platforms that are out there. It'll also include my interview with Rich Passaccia, the new head coach of the Raiders, that I thought went well. I mean, he's, he's new at this. He's never been a part of a coaches segment on a show like this, and I thought he knocked it out of the park. Really blue-collar, hard-working guy who wants to make sure that this team is set up in the best position possible to win. He's gonna look over this whole organization. He'll give the pregame speech. He'll lead the team out of the tunnel. Then these coordinators gotta do a great job. That's what they're paid to do. And Derek Carr, step up and get, back, get this back on track again. Derek was an early MVP candidate. I'd like to see an MVP type performance in Denver.